Hey, Justin here with Stay at Home Dads Podcast. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the place I talk about a lot of different aspects that happen in my stay-at-home dad life. Things with my kids, my family, parenting struggles I have. I think we can all kind of relate with that. Plus parenting tips that I have as well as things that I come across and I share with you. I also throw in a few other random topics here and there, something that I hope interests and informs you in some way. So anyways, thank you for being here with me today. All right, so I had a moment the other day, an experience, I guess, something that really hasn't happened to me yet as an adult or, yeah, well, as an adult, and I kind of just find it a bit interesting. I was called a mister the other day. Yeah. Never in my life has someone said, Mr. Raymer, not on a job, not from a boss, not from a teacher, nobody until now. And you know who it was? It was one of my daughter's friends. This nine-year-old girl called me Mr. Raymer when she wanted to get my attention and they were playing something in my backyard. Great kid, great friend to my daughter, very respectful. I don't know, just uh, very polite to do that. And I've never asked for it. I've never asked kids to call me that or expected it. So it just kind of came out and it surprised me. A, this makes me feel old as hell. I mean, I still think of myself in my mind as some 25-year-old young guy that's younger than every other adult that I see. I'm not sure why I think that, but I do. And B, is this like the pinnacle adult moment in some fashion or dad moment where these kids call you mister. It has to be like a new level of adulthood or parenthood or something like that, right? It's probably that same feeling when you get your first credit card in the mail, the first credit card offer that comes through, or maybe when you've been going to school and you finally become a doctor and then somebody calls you doctor, right? That's got to feel pretty damn good as a doctor, I think. Anyways, let's move on here from my uh, highlight of the day. I want to talk about something that, well, by the title of the show, you probably already know, but it's something that's already evolving and it's always changing, but it's extremely important. And that's that special dynamic between husband and wife, right? And how we can be better spouses, because in all honesty, I don't think there's anyone out there that has this part of their life licked. There's not the perfect spouse out there. I really don't think there is. There's nobody that has this all figured out. And that's because, like I said, it's always evolving. It's never the same day in and day out or month after month or year after year. Difficulties come and go. Issues come and go. Different things change. Am I right? So it's always evolving. And I've heard a lot of stories. I have a lot of friends that have had issues, quite frankly, problems, rocky roads, failures, and ultimately divorces because, well, because of many reasons, you know, growing apart, infidelity, even the thought of infidelity, maybe no longer fulfilling each other's needs, you know, and the list goes on and on. Also, what kind of brought this into my head is I just started reading a book, and that book is called The Five Languages of Love, or The Five Love Languages, something like that. It's by Gary Chapman. It's an older book. It's not new. I'm not very far into it. I'm literally like a chapter or two, 
but I had found it in a box in my garage and I was like, hey, I'll read this. And I'm not doing so because I have issues in my own marriage. I feel that my marriage right now is quite solid. I'm proud of it, but I think it's an area that anyone could learn from. I think it's an area that we could all be better at. So I just want to dig deep and find some tips and points that can all help us do that, help us be better in our marriages. And first off with marriage and people's wants and needs constantly evolving, like I said, I think it can make it kind of difficult to just say, just do these things and everything will be good in your marriage forever. I don't think it works that way. Well, because quote unquote, these things are always going to be different for everyone, for every couple. So I think that I can just give some advice here and I can give uh, some general ideas, but don't forget, I am no professional. I am no psychologist or counselor or therapist or doctor or anything. I'm just a regular dude. These are my thoughts. These are my opinions. So you can take my thoughts and my opinions however you would like to, okay? Like I've mentioned before in health and in fitness and different episodes, and actually in many other aspects of life, there's the goalposts. I like to think of it as, as your goal. They're, they're goalposts and they're always moving. They're always being reset and readjusted and extended farther out every time we've reached them or we've come close to them. It's like, oh, I want to lose 20 pounds. Well, then you work hard, you lose weight, you lost the 20 pounds, but hey, I'm no longer happy. So then it moves to, well, now I want to have a six pack or now I want to do this or I want to do that and so on and so on. And it just keeps moving. Well, in some ways, I think it can equate to marriages as well, especially if someone is searching for something maybe from their spouse or they aren't content with something in their life. They try to figure out what that is or maybe they know what it is, but they're unwilling to admit it. So they try to change other variables in their life or their relationship. They reach these other goals trying to find fulfillment and happiness. But then when they reach those things, it's not there. And then they reset those goalposts. You know what I mean? And that's something else that I've kind of thought about or not really figured out. Maybe I started to understand about happiness is happiness is not a constant. Sure, you wake up in the morning and you always hear, you hear the same kind of jargon that you get to choose what mood you'll be in today, like what side of the bed you woke up on or how you tackle your day, right? But it's not always going to be happy, happy, jolly, jolly all the time. We don't, we don't run around with, you know, a rainbow shooting out our ass and everything is perfect day in and day out and you don't have one care in the world and you're always happy. That's not real life. And that's kind of why I hate this question that tends to be asked when there's trouble in a marriage or a relationship. And that's, what will make you happy? The question guys are often asking their wives when things are kind of sour. Like, what, what'll, what'll make you happy? What's going to make you happy? There are so many other details and nuances involved than just that statement. I don't think a marriage can be based solely off of what will make you happy. I know being happy in a marriage or having fulfillment or contentment is very important. Like, we all know that. I just don't like that question. Because when something is wrong or a couple is failing at marriage, there is more 
to the whole dynamic than that one thing of what would make you happy. That's just like a tiny slice of the pie, if that makes sense. So I found this nice article on marriage.com, of all places, right, that goes through 25 ways to be a better spouse. It makes a lot of great points, so I'm just going to go through a few different things there on things that we could change or do to be a better spouse. Now, I'm not going to go through all 25 of them, otherwise I'd be here all damn day, but uh, go through a few and hopefully prevent us from going down that path of resentment and anger and possible divorce. Just make ourselves better at this game. First one I want to start with, and I know it's really obvious and it's been talked about probably a lot, and that's communication. Having those tough conversations, talking about finances, talking about serious talks with the kids or about the kids, pushing past those awkward silences that we tend to have sometimes when something is wrong, or just being open and honest with each other about even petty things can be difficult sometimes. But that's why it's so important too. It's, in my opinion, it's the base at which a solid relationship is built on, and that's that communication. And I know guys play stuff really close to the vest. We do a good job at burying things and not talking about things and just kind of internalizing it and dealing with it on our own. Well, because maybe we don't want to have one of those awkward moments or, or awkward conversations. We don't even want to bring it up. We'd rather just push past it and get over it. And maybe that's kind of part of the problem too because men aren't willing to talk about things, big or small, that bother them. They just bottle it up. And then even though it's not being talked about, I think guys kind of carry themselves around with this certain demeanor that shows or displays that something is wrong or something isn't right, yet they're unwilling to talk about it. It's kind of an unhealthy way to go about it. I don't think it makes for a conducive environment, especially for your spouse. It's not good to, you know, pretend like everything is fine when everything is not fine. So that's just more of the reason that we need to really focus on this communication aspect. Like I said, it's super weird to have some conversations, especially when there's a known elephant in the room or when something is bothering someone and it can just kind of eat at you and eat at you until it comes out. Granted, communication, good communication has to happen at the right time as well. We can't have an in-depth conversation when we're in the middle of dinner with the kids or when one person is busy cleaning up the house or trying to do something or trying to head out the door for work. I think doing so is just going to frustrate one or both people. You kind of have to read the room a little bit and have those talks when it's the right time, maybe in the evening and and there's no more stress and the kids are off to bed and you're relaxing and be like, hey, you know, let's talk about something. Or, hey, I've really been thinking about this and it's bothering me and I just want to talk to you about it or get it off my chest or whatever. The article also says we need to pay attention to our body language as well as the tone when we communicate. Those are two very important things. Something hard for me to do sometimes, even with my kids. Apparently my face will uh, paint a much different picture than the words that are coming out of my mouth. And I don't really know why. I'm like, oh yeah, honey, that outfit looks great on my daughter. And apparently my face is being like, oh, maybe those don't match so well. And it's painting this whole different picture. But 
if we're talking or listening and have a very defensive stance, as well as that facial expression like I talked about, arms crossed, face scowling, it's going to change the nonverbal tone, I guess, of the communication. And it's probably going to make your partner shut down or change direction or just not even want to talk about it. Maybe they'll see how you're holding yourself and the look on your face and they'll maybe be like, oh, you know what? Let's just kick this can down the road and they'll bottle it up and they'll move on, which is not healthy to do in a relationship either. And the same goes with tone. If we talk aggressively or have a negative tone when we're trying to have a meaningful conversation, that's going to change that whole dynamic and probably upset your spouse or upset your kids, depending on who you're talking to. You can say a lot without saying a lot. And even though you may not be yelling and screaming, your tone can still carry that weight of someone that's yelling and screaming if you say things in kind of a negative tone or an aggressive tone. So that's why we really want to pay attention to where that's at when we're communicating. This kind of leads into the next one too, and that's really just avoid jokes at your spouse's expense, as well as avoid some of that sarcasm that we tend to get into. I've witnessed this way too many times where someone's spouse is the butt of a joke and the spouse is literally, they're right there. They, they heard it or they give some kind of backhanded compliment and you can just really tell that the person is offended or feels like shit and they don't want to make a scene so nothing really happens but you can just you can just feel it you can almost feel the tension or see the tension when they look at each other it's just bad and just awkward you ever see that have you ever witnessed that play out in front of you it's it's not healthy and the same goes with sarcasm too which yeah that stuff is fine to a certain extent certain instances it's fun to kind of rib and jab and and uh, do sarcasm and say things to your spouse and when, when they're on board with it. But when you do it constantly and it's almost to the point of attacking your spouse in a way, it's just, it's just not cool. It's like things are said that are hurtful or mean and when the other person reacts or gets upset, those mean comments are disguised as a joke or they're disguised as sarcasm. And we don't want to make our better half feel bad about themselves or feel a negative way. We want to bring them up. We really want to support them. And if they've communicated and expressed that those things bother them, the jokes and the sarcasm, then just stop doing it. Just be mindful and think before you speak and just cut it out. Just knock it off. Also, it's okay to apologize too. Uh, I think sometimes we forget that and we get so in the moment or we're so worried about being right that we don't want to apologize. Maybe we get stubborn, we don't like being wrong, and we don't want to be the person that has to concede and apologize, but we all make mistakes. And I know for a fact that other person really appreciates it when you identify your mistake or your tone or whatever it is, and you go and apologize for it. I've done it with my wife, and it's amazing how much a genuine apology can make the difference and squash whatever the problem was. All right, the last thing on this communication section, because Jesus, I think I could talk about this the whole episode, but that's really to listen. Be that good listener. Unplug and put the damn phone away. I know, I know, I beat this one over the head probably every single freaking week. But golly, I think we really need to be reminded of this 
a lot more often than we realize. Nothing on that phone is more important than your spouse or your kids. And I'll say it again, nothing on the phone is more important than your spouse or your kids. Trying to communicate with somebody who has that thing stuffed in front of their face is insanely difficult, not to mention really disrespectful. Especially if you're having marital problems and you're trying to have a meaningful conversation, you know, we can be physically there in the room and not mentally there because we're distracted by other things. So when you're in those moments, get your mind right, no distractions, give your partner that full attention, be that good listener, put the phone away, and if that means deleting your social media or turning your phone onto airplane mode when you get home from work, then so be it. Then do that if that's what it takes to get you in tune with your surroundings and your family. Also, listen to understand. And I think this is a really important one too. Don't just listen and wait to blurt out your opinions or thoughts immediately. And I think that happens a lot, maybe more so on the guy's side, at least for me, because sometimes I tend to be in that fix-it mode all the time, even with my kids. So I'm already priming what I want to say, and I may not be in tune with what the conversation is or listening to what your complaints are or issues are, if that kind of makes sense. So I've been trying to get into the habit of just listening with my wife, with my kids, and when my kids are even done telling me their story or their issues, I'll ask them, hey, do you want me to give you advice or do you just want to tell me about it and have me listen? And it's gone both ways. Sometimes they say, I just want to talk. I just want to just get this off my chest. And other times, with my older daughter especially, she'll be like, yeah, I want some advice. Like, what, what would I do in this situation? And it seems to work too. It keeps me in check from just bowling over my family, trying to fix every issue and say, you should do this next time or next time say that or why didn't you do this? Which can be really annoying and kind of demoralizing for that person. The next thing they mention in this article is listen to important dates. Now, I know that sounds like a simple, stupid task or a su stupid thing to do, but typically in relationships, and at least in mine, my wife deals with the important dates of things, appointments, doctors, kid camps, and school activities, bills, all those things my wife tends to spearhead and take care of. And I know that I need to pick up some of that load as well. And I do. I've been working at it. I take kids to the doctor. I plan a little bit more. I make appointments for them. So it has progressed since I've been a stay-at-home dad. But I also need to relay some of those dates and appointments to my wife, which I sometimes forget to do. So I finally used technology that I shit talk so much. And I set up a calendar, a shared calendar with my wife and I. So when I put appointments or special dates in my phone on the calendar, they automatically go to her calendar as well. That way we're both on the same page. I mean, there's no reason that one person should be tasked with taking care of all that stuff, right? So that's kind of just one simple thing that you can do because I think guys kind of get not blamed, but that's one of the complaints is we don't take care of a lot of the kid stuff or we don't deal with a lot of appointment making and all those things like, oh, if a kid is sick, who typically takes time off of work? Well, the mom does. So I think this is some way that we can kind of fill that gap a little bit and really try and take some of that load away from our spouse. 
And plus, that allows for more what? More communication, more positive communication. Oh, and also, don't forget those other special dates either, if you know what I mean. Anniversaries, birthdays, stuff like that. Stuff that we should all know, even though we tend to forget sometimes, but embrace the phone calendar there as well. Put those dates in your phone. And another thing that I do is I set a reminder for like a week or two weeks or two days before the date. That gives me plenty of time to go get a gift, go get a card, make a reservation at a nice restaurant, whatever. It kind of just keeps you ahead of the game a little bit there. All right, the next one is just plain being nice. And I know it sounds like another super simple thing that I shouldn't have to tell you, but here I am telling you. Do things that will make your spouse happy and that they'll appreciate. Like I talked about earlier, there is no reason that everything you say to your spouse needs to be sarcastic or have some kind of joke tone to it or not serious tone. Or when you get into a heated conversation, there's no need to try and hurt the other person with what you say by attacking their shortcomings or even their past maybe. It's like we're trying to hurt them or make them feel bad or guilty in some way. It's like that's the goal. And that should never be the goal, to do that or to make them feel that way. It just turns into these petty battles at times. I remember hearing a story that a wife, not mine, went out for girls' night. She went out, hung out with some girlfriends while the husband stayed home with the kids. Well, he was all pissy that he had to be on dad duty and deal with the children or whatever. So he purposefully left the house a total disaster. So when the wife came home from her nice night out with her friends, the house was a shithole and it was apparently her responsibility to take care of it and clean it up and do those things. It's like, oh, well, you left me here to deal with the kids, so this is what happens. Like, this is your punishment. And that's that's just wrong. You know, that's that's just not the way that you should treat your marriage. You want to do things that makes your spouse happy. From my perspective, I like to clean up the house. I like to put up the toys and get everything dialed in when my wife is out or she's at a work meeting or she's out late or whatever. I like her to come home and see that everything is kind of done and dialed in and we don't have to deal with it when she's home. We can just have our downtime and we can relax and enjoy each other's company. Like that's what I like to do. We just need to be grateful and appreciate and think about that other person is all I'm trying to say. All right, just a couple more here because I know I'm probably running out of time, but I will link this marriage.com article in the description. I think you should check it out. There's a lot of different pointers here, a lot of different ideas here that I think all of us could benefit from. So if you're having spousal issues or not, it never hurts to just read through it and kind of educate yourself a little bit more. All right, next one. You don't have to win every argument or disagreement. It's okay to disagree. That's just a a part of marriage, you know. No matter how nice we are or how much we care for each other, there will always be some sort of disagreement. That's just kind of the way it goes. But sometimes pushing an issue or a point so far that allows you to quote-unquote win, I don't think is the right answer. I mean, okay, great, you won the argument, but what was the cost? You know what I mean? Was it worth it? Now there's animosity, there's resentment maybe, there's just this negative energy in the air, and for what? So you could pat yourself on the back and say, I was right, 
and you were wrong. It's just like what we want to teach our kids. It's okay to have an opinion and to think our way is better than the other, but we also need to respect other people's opinions, right? We need to work through things. Maybe try one idea and then try the other idea. Sometimes I think about it not only with my wife, but with a lot of other people, and I'll just be like, yeah, it's not worth it. Why keep pushing and pushing? Especially if it's some trivial thing, it's not going to change in the long run. It's going to be forgotten about in a moment's notice, you know? And I've done that with family members. I've done that with friends, you know, and we'll get into like some sort of discussion and they'll be super adamant that it's this way. And I'll be like super adamant that it's the other way. And then I'll just tell myself, just let it go, man. Just, just let it go. It's not a big deal. And I do. And then we move on and all is right with the world. Lastly, I want to say is make your relationship a priority. I think it can be easy to prioritize other things in life, work, and running a household and, you know, advancing your career. But the thing that has brought you both to where you are right now can kind of end up taking a backseat a little bit and suffering because the focus is always somewhere else. So we just need to really make sure that we're putting in that effort on a daily basis. And I'm not saying take kid-free trips all over, go out to solo dinners all the time every week. I think it's more about those little things. Saying I love you every day. Sleeping in the same bed every night. I think that's important. Flirting with each other, like throughout the day or through text maybe even, whatever. Doing those mundane tasks, those daily tasks, do them together. Put some music on, you know, do the dishes, enjoy it a little bit, enjoy the company. Go for a walk together. Even though people think it's stupid, but not going to bed with things on your mind. Have you ever heard that people say, you know, don't go to bed angry? Well, a lot of people hate it when I say that because it's like, well, how are you going to fix something or figure something out within five minutes before you go to bed? I'm not saying you need to fix it, but you can approach it. You can reassure your partner and say, hey, I hear you. I understand where you're coming from and let's tackle this issue or let's tackle this problem together, let's get it right. And I think just doing that, you're not solving the said issue, but you're telling them that you're aware of how they feel or what it is, and that we're not just sweeping it under the rug and ignoring it, right? That's what marriage is about though, really. It's working together, it's having that partner throughout your life that's in your corner, that's important to you, and yeah, you just really wanna make sure that you have that good base for your relationship. So, you know, work through problems, work through things, talk things out. That's your partner, that's your person. And the relationship as a whole, I think, needs to be of utmost importance to both sides. Because if it's of utmost importance to both sides, then things are probably going to be just fine for a lack of a better term or lack of better words. So there you go. Anyways, that's about all I have for today's episode of Stay at Home Dad's podcast. Sorry, it was a little sporadic, a little bit all over the place. There's a lot to this article. Like I said, I'll link it in the description so you can check it out. There's a lot of good points in there that I think you would benefit from checking out and reading. So hopefully I gave you a few pieces of advice, something that you could use there. Probably nothing that you didn't already know, but you know, sometimes it helps hearing it out loud. Especially if you're going through something and you hear it from somebody else, sometimes that can really do you some good. So 
Anyways, if you have any questions or comments for me, please reach out to me on podbean.com or over on my Instagram account at stayathomedads underscore podcast. By the way, almost 500 followers over there. That's pretty impressive. So thank you very much for that. That's pretty cool. Lastly, I will be on vacation for the next two weeks. So we're taking the RV out on an epic road trip. So I will toss up a couple dad classic episodes in the meantime until I get back. So until then, thank you for listening and I will talk to you all next week.